Welcome to a Beat It Movie Reviews. I'm a foghorn leghorn accent, Joe Cabello, and this is Elon Musk surrogate, a Chris, a gumbo. What's up? This is Beat It Movie Reviews, unhinged already. Um, and this is Novembistory. It is their November. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it is our November. A segment or what was it month week where we do a mystery movie so what mystery or movie are we reviewing on november mystery november mystery glass onion a knives out mystery a knives out november mystery That's <laughs> <laughs> they get worse every week uh yeah we're gonna do the glass onion the sequel to knives out one I kept, I pitched this movie out to uh, my in-laws as uh-huh. well as my wife to watch. And uh, they kept getting annoyed because um, I was like, oh, it's it's Knives Out or it's Glass Onion. It's the sequel to Knives Out. It's like Agatha Christie by way of Ryan Johnson. And then they kept asking questions about it. I was like, well, it's like a, a murder mystery, like Agatha Christie by way of Ryan Johnson. And you don't know how many times I said the phrase Agatha Christie by way of Ryan Johnson, <laughs> that everybody hated me by the end of it. And <laughs> no one came closer to even understanding what it was. Um, but we're going to talk about that movie. But what did everyone just hear? Oh, they heard Queenie Pie by Davis I.L. It's our theme our good song. Friend. Yeah, good friend and yes. good musician, right? Yes. Even better musician, actually. Yeah, I would say he's a better Better's musician friend. than friend to either of yeah. us. Uh, although yeah. he does let us use his song, so that's great. Uh, yeah, as if we couldn't just take maybe, it. He is a better friend, actually, than a musician. Well, maybe uh, Tide, maybe. Tide. Yeah, you know, when he yeah. did tell me, he's like, hey, you know, like, I would love for you to, uh, you know, I'll give you permission to use my song uh, for Queenie Pie for your show. I said, I'd rather just take it because <laughs> I can. Like, no one's going to, you can't do a lawsuit like, hey, cease and desist playing my song on your podcast. So maybe from now on, actually, we're going to plug it, but we're taking it. We're not using his song with his permission. So we'll be like, what did you hear? And I'll be like, the stolen song. Uh, Queenie Pie by With, Davis yeah, I.L. Without permission, Queenie Pie by Davis I.L. Actually, again, actively against his will, he has messaged us many times to please stop. <laughs> uh, but we want to support our friend. He said, please only play it with my permission, and you do have my permission. <laughs> <laughs> but we're deciding to play it without his permission. Yeah, It's very confusing. It's a Novembistory, if there ever was one. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're going to end up doing our feature review of Knives Out a little bit later. Thanks, you guys, for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, but thank you all for listening. Uh, please drop us a review on iTunes, five stars. You don't even have to write a clever review. Just hit the five stars. Helps us out a lot. Uh, we've had some uh, listenership growing recently uh, by oh, somewhere really? around 20%. Uh, oh which, wow! So two that's listeners. like three more people. That's sick. Yeah, <laughs> two, two to three more people. No, but we have. <laughs> so uh, please tell us what we can do to make the show better. It's a long list. Every time you guys send one of those, but uh, <laughs> uh, so we can continue on. But let us go with our main segment, and I think it's the reason why people are 
continuing and listening to it more often is Chris's pick. So, Chris, what's the pick? Oh, this week's pick. Okay, we got uh, the season finale of Andor. Andor Calrissian. And last week we learned (laughs) uh, uh, what was it? Um, Andoral. Kissing Andoral. Oh, Uh, yeah. Go look that up. You can Google it. I wonder if that does come up in uh, Google as as my book at all. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to search it real quick. You're like, oh, I've already searched this many times. Oh, yeah. No, honestly, it's um, it's it's not. My book isn't coming up in my character. So maybe that was bad SEO to name him Kissing Andoral. Anyways, it was the finale <laughs> of Andor. I was about to say Andoral. Uh, it was the finale of Andor. So, Chris, tell us what you thought. I guess we might spoil it a little bit, but um, fuck off. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was cool and I, I'm just glad that I know it's going to be like two, ste- two seasons, a tight story with like no bullshit. So, you know, I'm not prepared for this like huge story to come to a completion with this season finale, but it seems totally. like a good like kickoff to starting the Rebels revolution whatever yeah what would later happen in rogue one uh yeah i agree i was kind of i was a little underwhelmed with it but um in the way it like i didn't think it sucked but if we didn't know that the show was going to get a second season and Uh didn't know that it was only going to be two seasons i think it would have been more upsetting uh-huh. Uh, but knowing that, okay, this is kind of the midpoint of the story. I yeah. wasn't as upset that it was a little underwhelming. Um, just as far as like what it pushes forward for the story or like where it ends on. Um, I mean, there's good stuff in it. Uh, it's, it's all necessary. Uh, but yeah, it just almost didn't feel like it had the huge moment you might need in a finale. Uh-huh. Um, uh, while still, I mean, it does in that it has the rebels, like you said, like kind of setting up the rebellion and how that's a, a major movement. Um, but even that, it just didn't feel super meaty. Um, so I'm excited to continue watching it, but I don't know if like this is an episode that got me as hyped as some of the, the other ones. Yeah, yeah, I think the uh, like the last two episodes were like extremely good. And then this one just was like kind of plateauing. Yeah, almost like you needed um, one an episode after this. You know how it's yeah. like kind of that like uh, that simmer simmer episode, like the second to last always kind of just simmers, and you're like, okay, I know that fine the final episode's gonna boil. But if anything, that does bode well for the rest of uh, season two. Yeah. True. Yeah, it's just a. Uh... Like I've said already many times, but there's something about the way the show portrays the Empire where every time they get killed or something, just like very happy, excited. (laughs) Yeah, because before in other uh, like original Star Wars, um, I guess that's the only one that the Empire really exists in um, because they don't exist in the prequels or or the others or whatever. But they've it's 
uh, almost like a theatrical evil. You know, like you definitely want to yeah, see they, these guys they defeated. They seem faceless, brainless, mindless. Like they seem like nothing. It's just in, evil, yeah. right? Like just the the embodiment of a of a bad guy. But then these bad guys in the in this series, or you know, the Empire in this series, they feel like the type of like bad people we live with now uh-huh. you know yeah it's like they they show you behind the mask they're all these like petty fucking sh- backstabbing shit lords that are all trying to one-up each other just to get be in higher power mm-hmm. they don't really care about anything other than being power yeah which i mean that all now that we say it out loud that all is very star wars especially with like the sith when you get into yeah. the books with the Sith and like Knights of the Old Republic, it's all about like um, these people trying the to undermine each other. It. Yeah, but there yeah. is just something to this where it it feels it's like personal though. Feels it real. feels like every person in the Empire is like articulated that way versus you just see like the two most powerful figures in all of the Empire. That. Right, it's like yeah. down to the lowest person on the totem pole. Yeah, there, even yeah. uh, evil shithead trying to climb their way up. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah. And I guess yeah, the quotes came out recently from uh, creator, um, gosh, what's it, Tony Gilroy, just saying so much of this is based on um, old historical rebellions throughout thousands of years of history. And oh, cool. And okay. Star Wars original as well was very much rooted Thousands in Vietnam. Years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so these things, uh, it, it is capturing a uh, a specific heart of Star Wars. While it might not be having like the fantasy element, that heart of Star Wars, it is uh, very much the politics of Star Wars are in Andor. Forefront, yeah. Yeah, like that the Cyril Karn character is such a great like Star Wars incel character. Is that the uh the one the, 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 the one that gets like yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um but yeah, and or excited for it. Do you know when it comes back? Um I have no idea, actually. Hopefully soon. Alright, and you can get Scroat One Tomorrow actually they're starting on sale right now. Came out tomorrow? Yeah. Or are they shooting tomorrow? No, I'm just kidding. As if they were to come out earlier than the regular weekly release of their season two. It just comes out the next week, and it's like this doesn't feel like season two. You can't <laughs> just say that. But they'll say it. I think that happened to a show I wrote on. They they called it two seasons, but it just played back to back anyway. <laughs> Uh, anyways, they that just is never stopped filming. Andor, they didn't. Like, all the teens who were acted in it died of exhaustion. Um, let's see. I do want to just give a quick shout out to Gundam, the Witch from Mercury, that I've been talking about for weeks now. Yeah, I want to say I, I did. I have brought up that like people are talking about it on Twitter and stuff. Um, and there's just something so fun about uh, being on social media during the time of a new Gundam release because I'm not sure how Iron-Blooded Orphans released if it was in in the U.S. at least 
if it released at the same time as uh, its Japanese release or if it just all dumped on Netflix like a full season or two. I don't know, uh, but that would have been... That or, and Unicorn would probably be the ones that um, would have been able to like be online for other than back in the Toonami days where we weren't really online chatting about TV and stuff with strangers. So it's just really fun having this weekly release Gundam show that every week, sure enough, people are going to be talking about it all week sometimes or just a, a, a couple days after the episode. And it's just awesome. You never really... I've never experienced that ever. So it's really cool. It's such an interesting and unique Gundam series. So uh, check it out. Gundam Witch from Mercury. I believe you have to subscribe to Crunchyroll. Not Countryroll. Which uh, <laughs> sounds like a all-you-can-eat buffet-style restaurant specializing in baked potatoes. Anyways, um, so yeah, it's really fun, and it's not like a lot of other Gundam series, so I think anybody could really give it a chance. Like, people who are even like, I don't really like the mech genre or, like, war animes. It's like, oh, do you like funny teens, like, hanging out together? Then you might like this Gundam, but it also has mech battles. So I have to shout that out. It's been really fun having a weekly release for that. And that's Joe's pick. Brand new segment. Uh, what else, Chris? What else you been watching? Uh, did you watch the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? You bet I did. Yeah, we could talk about that. Let's do it. Yeah, James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special out on Disney+. Plus. Um, what did you think about this thing? Uh, I, I don't know, man. I feel kind of mixed about it. I think that it is like more of the same, but then it also is only a 40 minutes. So it's like mm. less of what I want, I guess. I'd rather just see Guardians 3. I feel like it just, but I mean, it, it's like a cute short movie, like short film, I guess, or whatever. It's, it's fun. How about you? Uh, I really dug it. I think because oh. it is super short and it's just like inconsequential. Yeah. And it's great just to see James Gunn's work again, like in the Marvel Universe uh, after oh. coming off of, of Peacemaker. Uh, Peacemaker. Yeah. yeah. And it really reminds you that like he just seems to know the humor that fits in this the mcu world and even like uh -huh. just all these superhero worlds it really works well the same way that peacemaker does i don't think it's as funny as peacemaker or anything i don't even think it's that hilarious of a special but it just has that like necessary light tone yeah that really makes it work reminds um, you why you love all the guardians characters yeah and they get to kind of be in that low gear uh, mm -hmm. for the entire time because there's no like bad guy they're fighting and... yeah there's no high stakes or anything like that yeah so it's fun um so yeah i really i really dug it i i don't know if it's like my favorite thing but it definitely is a reminder of like oh man james gunn you're just doing it right 
Yeah. Like, why DC is this... is in good hands. Yeah. Why is this uh, more funny to me than uh, incre- She-Hulk? You know? It's... <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know. What is he doing differently? Oh, because he's a man, Joe. You know, they're saying that. No, nobody. Who says that would listen? We have a very right-leaning audience, unfortunately, says the stats. <laughs> Everybody listening is like, shit, is that me? Um, but yeah, Kevin Bacon is in it a lot. Yeah, it's like more of a Kevin Bacon show than it is Guardians. Almost. Yeah, I was so surprised how much Kevin Bacon is in it. Because <laughs> it's like, it, he's obviously going to be a big part of it once the, uh-huh. the plot gets going. But yeah. yeah, he just really becomes the main character, which <laughs> makes sense actually, because it's probably harder to get any and all of the guardians actors and like other people to shoot yeah. than it is Kevin Bacon. Not to say he's not in high demand, but just like one Kevin Bacon versus a bunch of these characters, these CG mm-hmm. characters. I just imagine it. They're probably pretty, like, busy. <laughs> you know, they can't just yeah. be shooting random shit all the time. It definitely seemed that way with uh, with uh, the Peter Quill character. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was surprised he was even in it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why is he Mushroom he Kingdom, here we come. How come uh, he does sound like Rocket Raccoon in that? <laughs> Mushroom Kingdom, Groot. I'm peeking. Okay, Groot though, like yeah. looking awful to look at, and it's kind. Of, I get it's like a <laughs> joke, right? Like I, I think it is. It's not a joke oh. that hangs a lantern on itself, really, really. But it's like, oh, here's awkward teen years, Groot. Yeah, we've like seen the like baby. We've seen the young one. Growth. His awkward growth spurt. Mm-hmm. Where he's like not, not quite where he should be yet, but he's like officially like yeah. large. He just looked horrible. <laughs> he looked yeah. like a human was wearing the costume. Like so he looked he lo- like something yeah. you see at Disney. Yeah, he looked like uh, a person whose body needed braces. <laughs> this is gonna fall apart or some shit. Yeah, it needs to be realigned everywhere. Yeah, I didn't like. I'm glad he wasn't heavily in it because that was pretty awful. <laughs> uh, but I think it had the whimsy that a holiday special should have, where it's not just about. Um, I don't know. It's like not know. about anything but Christmas. Yeah, and it even like uh, doesn't take itself seriously or doesn't really like honor the characters sometimes because it's uh-huh. just being Christmassy. Yeah. And if anything, I loved Werewolf by Night, but as far as, like, if that's the Halloween season of special for Marvel, it didn't pass that test in some ways. Like, I kind of want it to feel like Halloween-y. Yeah. Like Hubie's Halloween. Yeah. So it should just take that plot, but with yeah those characters. Just put Adam Sandler somewhere in it. Put Adam Sandler in the MCU! Yeah, let's go. He could be Mephisto. So yeah, that whimsy <laughs> of it is really fun, and it's just it is pretty sweet. Although I don't so. It's revealed in this, or did we already know that um, the Mantis 
was brother and sister. The sister. With, yeah. That I don't. I don't think it was revealed until this. At least I didn't know. But I mean, kind of the thing sense, was, right? yeah, it's like, well, if he created her, then yeah, he would. She would be. Yeah. Uh, so you guys didn't think about this yet. Yeah, kind of. It was kind of just like a okay. Yeah, I guess. And I don't know if it's just the way she acts, but I felt more like sexual chemistry from them <laughs> than uh, than like family <laughs> chemistry. Is that just me? <laughs> I, you know that went over my head. But get? next time I watch, I'll I'll try to uh, see if my if I could tell if I could sense it. If better. you get turned on, who I'm knows what, that, what what that means? Then uh, you could. Some people could arguably get turned on by either. I, I might, you know, I might get more turned on just watching him as Mario. Chris's butthole, here we come. <laughs> uh, very awful. All right, that's the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Christmas special. Get on it, everybody. On Disney Plus right now. And on the theme of Disney... Uh, I had saved a little tweet that I saw. Um, I think somebody said, like, this video they watched made them cry. And it was a YouTube video. And it was titled Disney Channel's Theme, A History Mystery. And so I saved it in my bookmarks. I was like, ah, oh, you know, like, I was a Disney Channel kid. That that sounds interesting to me. Uh, and I just saved it in my bookmarks. Then, like, Wednesday night... I was looking for something to watch, and I was like, oh, I want a game, and I'll watch some YouTube videos. So uh-huh. I watched a couple, then I was oh. like... This is a Defunct Land yeah. video? Okay. Rocco's in this video, right? Yeah, I think he is. For Mega 64? Yeah, not okay. for long, but nice. he, he is in it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, this this video, I'll, I'll put that one on. And then to see that it's an hour and a half, or like an hour and 40 <laughs> minutes, I was like, oh, man... So I I was like, well, I'm still kind of interested in how this could possibly be an hour and a half anyway. So I put it on and, uh, you know, within like 10 minutes of watching it, I stopped gaming and just watched this. Just watched it. And it's really good. So it is about the the host of Defunct Land, which is the YouTube channel Chris mentioned. Uh, He wanted to know who did the Disney Channel theme, which was just like a four note stinger. That if you watch Disney Channel, you might remember. I can't even remember what it was like. Dun, 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 dun. Something like that. But then they'd yeah. have, like, different songs, like rock songs that would end, like, dun, 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 and stuff like that. It would always be there. Um, So he, there, I guess, was no record of who wrote that. But he was saying, oh, there's all these other records of, like, jingles that really have impacted our lives, like, who wrote it. But this is the one where I can't find it. So it's all about him going to find uh, like a multi-week, multi-month investigation on who wrote this jingle. Uh-huh. While he's also kind of wrestling with the fact that he's considered a YouTube, makes YouTube videos, even though this is a big documentary and he's made videos like that. So yeah. it ends up being a really interesting look into like creativity and legacy that uh, was incredibly poignant by the end. And also just as far as going down memory lane of the Disney Channel, 
Uh-huh. It was so much fun. I mean, it really covers uh-huh. the era I was watching Disney Channel, 2017 to 2018. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but like the the 05s to, to 2010s or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. Or maybe even earlier than that. I don't even remember. Yeah, probably early. Um, but yeah, cool. But yeah, it's really, I highly recommend it if you're a Disney Channel kid, uh, for sure. And even if you're just kind of inter- into the idea of um, creative pursuits that aren't like writing your own album, you know, it's like, who are these musicians who write these songs and these musical pieces that actually are huge parts of your life, but you don't really think about the musician? You don't think about their craft and like what put into that the way you think like, oh, Paul McCartney, when he wrote that song, like it's so amazing that he wrote that. It's like, isn't it pretty amazing that somebody wrote like the farmer's insurance song? Like you listen to that song more than you listen to Master of Puppets. Uh Or like the Pornhub jingle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's get a who wrote that? Who wrote that? Uh, that I'm interested in. I'll just steal the format that the defunct land in. But it it seemed it's, to have blown up. People have really liked it. That's cool. Response. Yeah, because that I know that channel is really has really interesting. Uh, like mo- mostly they're shorter, like 20 minute documentaries about mm-hmm. old rides or theme parks that have been like de- demolished or closed and stuff. But. Uh, yeah, which That's doesn't cool that, yeah, they doesn't interest me as much. Uh-huh. So that this one, it was like, okay, this is kind of getting me into, into this guy. Yeah, who is this? It's cool guy? too because like, uh, it, it takes some surprising twists and turns, like a murder cover up, and <laughs> it just goes deeper into this conspiracy about the jingle. Go don't ask, yeah. don't ask who made the jingle. Trust We're getting me. shot at. We're getting shot at. Uh, there was another, just a quick shout out on a YouTube video I was watching, or a YouTube um, series, but actually, I don't think it's in my history, so I don't know where where I watched it. Um, but it, it's a channel that like talks about old cartoons or old toys and things of that nature that I just devoured oh, yeah. some oh, of their, really? their videos. Yeah. Uh, God, I wish I could give them a shout out. I'm so sorry. But that's how it goes. Maybe it should have been more memorable. <laughs> You're the one who had to say defunct land when I brought it up. <laughs> uh, okay, Chris, what have you been watching? Yeah, uh, so I watched one other thing besides our main movie this week, which was uh, the new superhero, Spielberg superhero movie, The Fablemans. Fablemans! Uh, DC. I, I tricked... I tricked uh, three of my friends into seeing it by telling them it was a new Mar- uh, Marvel superhero movie about a family. And it works every Super time. Superpowered people, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, Steven Spielberg's new movie, but loosely based on his his like life growing up. But I th- like shortly after World War II, in like the fifties, I think fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, it's so it's not like 100% his life, but it seems like from looking up comparisons online that most of it 
seems to be stuff that he, stories that he's told. Yeah, this part, a, it's so. a hard one to like explain because I was pitching it to the in-laws this weekend, and I was like, it's a uh, semi-autobiographical uh, like Steven Spielberg yeah. movie by way of Ryan Johnson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's more his life than Weird Al, Weird Al's movie was right. his thing, yeah. you know, a, l- a little bit more, but uh, yeah, no. So it's about, but it's mostly just about him, you know, being uh, from like middle school to high school age, and it ends basically with him like shortly after high school, going to college, going um, but to it Jaws is, school. Yeah, you see, where you learned how to make Jaws. It's two and a half hours. So it is pretty long, um, and it's it's got some drama. But uh, I, I was going into it with a couple of my friends thinking this was going to be a very heavily emotional movie and uh, make us, you know, tear up or something, just feel a lot of things. And I think we were all kind of disappointed in that it didn't really move us the way we expected it to, especially after, you know, we had, my friends and I had just seen E.T. like a month ago. Oh, right. You know, the re-release of that and loved it again. Um, And then, yeah, but this is, this is not that. Uh, I I think that it is really interesting though, his, his life, but I don't know if I would recommend it for everyone. And I know, have you, do you know about uh, Spielberg's like early life, growing up? His no, not really. Stuff? Okay, I I know only like that his parents were very different, like an artist and oh. a scientist type different. Yeah, like they That's literally all. were an artist and a scientist. <laughs> wow. Uh, so you yeah you don't need to see it. You already know. Yeah, everything. it's just that for two and a half hours. Yeah. yeah. Hey, son, and you know come play with funny. beakers. No, son. Come film me dancing the mambo. Uh, it sounds like you saw it, actually. So, you know, I was it. Uh, perusing the, the IMDb quote section. So that's what. Oh, that yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because, like, the parents are Michelle Williams and Paul Dano. And casting wise, it seems like they're like, who are the saddest actors you could get <laughs> to play his parent? And that's them, you know? Yeah. Uh, so all the acting is great you know they all do a great job but I just think that ultimately the story won't resonate with a lot of people especially because like some of the story is about like um, like infidelity and like parents having issues with their marriage and stuff like that I don't know if it's it seems like that's more of a focus than at some parts than Steven's like life uh, Mm. getting into film and stuff like that. But, you know, I know we, you used to, you know, work on making a lot of like independent movies and stuff or stuff for college and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that if, if like young filmmakers wouldn't, there's parts of this that they would enjoy. Cause like, that was my, those are my favorite parts of the movie is just him growing up filming like small little world war two movies for school or for his like uh boy scout troop right and then and just finding little ways to smart ways to make action look real 
before you know really using special effects like Mm -hmm. water balloons filled with blood or he was like making lens flare flashes to simulate gunshots when they're like you know in middle school and stuff like that yeah i always love seeing that stuff it's 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 stuff like that that really was like uh the interesting parts of the movie to me but yeah well, I definitely want to try and go see it, um, just because it's Spielberg, and you got to try to see. The, the theater movies. was like pretty packed too. We were in like a smaller theater, and when we got our tickets like a week out, there was no one else in the theater. But then once we got in, it was like almost all the seats were full. Yeah, I actually um, I tried to see it on Black Friday. Uh-huh. Forgetting it was Black Friday, kind of, and uh, it's my theater's oh, at the yeah. mall. So I got tickets, and then when I showed up at the mall, I couldn't park. Oh, shit. I was so drunk. I couldn't park. No, <laughs> um, no it was just so busy, so I, I turned. I had to turn around, unfortunately, and just miss it completely. Uh, so if you wanna, guys want to Venmo me or, like, go fund me some money for that. <laughs> All right, that is the Fablemans. Um, I watched one last thing before we get into our feature review. On Netflix, I watched the uh, Nemo, the Little Nemo, not Finding, not the Fish, uh, adaptation, Slumberland. Okay. Uh, So this is based off the, I believe, children's book and anime. It was done by a Japanese uh, company, that that movie. And it's about a, a girl who... Uh, loses her father and then kind of learns to uh, go into her dreams and has has a quest to basically get her father back by going into her dreams. Um, and I don't really remember finding <laughs> fuck Little Nemo <laughs> uh-huh. uh, that much. Okay. Um, it's been so long since I've seen it. Not that I disliked it or, or anything. I just don't remember. So I only really remembered the one character, Flip, the the green-skinned hobo-type character. Yeah. That's in the, like, one shade away from being a racist Yeah, uh, it's very much caricature. trying to be a racist caricature. But um, that's all I remembered of it. So going into this, uh, I didn't really have too much judgment or anything. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a fun little movie. It's, uh, you know, them jumping to the dream world and doing stuff and then having to, to get out and, you know, face the real world. The flip characters made, made by, uh, played by Jason Momoa. So it's the uh-huh. biggest glow up a character has had ever <laughs> going from uh-huh. this, like, cartoon hobo to Jason Momoa. Um <laughs> But uh, it's just a great family film. I think any family would enjoy this. I watched it with the in-laws and my wife, and we all had a great time with it. We all had crazy oh, dreams cool. that night. Because I think watching Whoa. this movie about, like, dreaming and controlling your about dreams. Inception, just, basically. Yeah. It pretty much incepted us to dream. And, about uh, Jason Momo. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch it just for that. We're all in the same dream making them do them <laughs> uh, but i really you enjoyed all, it you all equally remembered the exact same dream you were there remember you said this to me i did say that you looked at me <laughs> we locked eyes <laughs> the uh the what's his name from uh godzilla and friday night lights is in it yeah uh, what's his name 
And then uh, as I'm watching it there with my in-laws, they go, is that Ryan Reynolds? I go, no, it's the guy from Friday Night Lights. They're like, I think it's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> Kyle Chandler. That's... Kyle Chandler. I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> really? They that. thought it was <laughs> Ryan Reynolds? Kyle Chandler is Kyle Chandler. And Zendaya <laughs> is Michi. <laughs> and Carmen is Gwangi. All right. Um, but I highly recommend it. It looks good, too. You know. It has its own distinct. Yeah, the look. effects look cool. Yeah, everything okay. about it just does. Uh, is it the same as the last um, Jason Momoa Netflix movie where at the end it turns out he was uh, imaginary the whole time? <laughs> oh, that movie! <laughs> Such a good time that he died in the first ten minutes. <laughs> uh, you know, I I did enjoy that one. It's a little ridiculous to find out he. There was another movie that did that recently too. Um, oh, really? But not as like uh, egregiously as the Jason Momoa one. Uh, okay. Maybe maybe it was um, Gravity. Gravity kind of does that. That's not recent though. Should we get to our feature review of the Glass Onion? <laughs> yeah, let's let's do that. All right, we're going to feature review The Glass Onion. This is uh, the sequel to Knives Out, sequel in terms of it following another case by Benoit Blanc. Uh, Several friends are invited to a secret island to do a murder mystery game, but the murder gets real. I just made that up off the top of my head. Not too bad. Not good, (laughs) but not too bad. Uh, so just recap on Knives Out. I think we actually reviewed it for this podcast. Is that possible? No, we didn't. No, no. <laughs> but we've talked about it. Uh, were you a fan of Knives Out? I was a fan. Yeah, not anymore. Not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. How about you? Oh uh, yeah, I was a big fan of it. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it's like, it's like exactly what. A murder mystery needs to be which is like twists and i think the thing that's great about both of these movies is that is that there's an attention to detail with red herrings and like things that could be clues that will throw you off completely and things that are clues that put you in the right direction mm-hmm. like what it is and you can like actually figure out what's happening before the movie tells you mm-hmm. which is like the fun and it kind of wants you to you know it's, yeah it's because it's not so much about the mystery it's it kind of uh layers itself like an onion uh and that's why i think it what it does for the murder mystery both these movies is uh makes them contemporary like has those little bit of twists to where it doesn't they don't feel old. Like when you watch a murder on the Orient Express or the murder on the Nile, the Agatha uh-huh. Christie, not by way of Ryan Johnson, uh, uh-huh. ad- the recent adaptations, um, they just, I mean, there's many reasons why those aren't great in my opinion, but uh-huh. I think they just feel because they are off classical murder mystery stories. They just feel a little too classical and, behind 
Yeah. And there's something about he, Ryan Johnson very much knows murder mysteries and knows them enough to be able to subvert and change things up enough while still being a murder mystery. So yeah. let's get into this Glass Onion movie. What did you think? It sounds like you spoiled a little bit of your thoughts, so fuck. Okay. Uh, Why do we do this? Uh, can we erase that? Why do we even do this, dude? <laughs> All right, Chris. Let's see what your uh, 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 gumbo opinions are on this movie. I, uh, I like, I enjoyed it. I think that the twists were very fun. But I will say, I don't think it's as good as the original. And I feel like the cast wasn't utilized as well as the cast from the first one. But, and the the mystery is like more boring to me than the first one. But it still was like a great time. So that's what I'd say about it. Uh, How about you? Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It is hard to, it's obviously you're going to compare it to the first one. Yeah. But it is hard to compare because uh, what do you, the situations are just so different. Uh-huh. You know, one is a little crime he's been brought in to check out. And then this, this one is like, it starts out as a game and you feel yeah. like that's going to be the premise. So they're always going to be different. Um, Which one I like better. That's. It'll take some time and maybe a rewatch of the original Knives Out uh, uh-huh. to see. But, yeah, I thought this was a blast. I think the subversion of, like, it's more than one subversion, but one of, like, hey, this is about this game that Benoit Bonk's going to be playing, and then that ends up getting subverted to then, oh, what you actually even think is happening. It's always uh-huh. changing and kind of becoming a different movie at times. Yeah. Of not a murder mystery for a section. It's more of a uh, almost buddy adventure for a while. Um, yeah, I had a blast with it. I think it's um, maybe even more uh, like poignant of the times and like critical of like culture at this moment because that yeah, was the big thing. It is weird how close this is to like what's going on now. Like yeah. right now. And I think that it's Before always they, true, right? Like the yeah. things it's saying is like has has always been true, but it's like specifically true now. But I think it's it doesn't feel as maybe elegant as uh, Knives Out, but uh-huh. I might be wrong about that. That might just be time. I I think uh-huh. because you know, there is the obvious incel young white guy. There's the the like I read a. <laughs> tweet about an article about that like all those things but all that felt less like they were specific characters versus the glass onion it feels like all the characters are very very specific people and i mean like specific people that everybody knows not just like oh i know that person in my life and you know that person in your life that's how knives out the original felt where it's like, okay, these are very, these are people that definitely exist and I know, but we all know different ones. Uh-huh. Yeah, Glass Onion felt like, okay, we all that's Elon Musk. That one is basically this actress. That, you know, it just feels a little more on the nose. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, but it is uh, notable to me. 
Great, Joe. It's notable to you. No. Plan. <laughs> All right. So look, we should probably get into spoilers before we talk further because this gets it starts to get dangerous talking about this uh without spoilers what do you think uh yeah <clears throat> yeah sure all right guys so go to spoilers on our patreon five dollars a month to just get the spoilers and that'll never happen let's get into it there's <laughs> free spoilers we launch it next week anyway um yeah, uh, so let's talk freely about it. Even though what I'm going to talk about isn't really a spoiler first, it's got to be Renner Hot Sauce. Renner Hot oh, Sauce yeah. and Leto Kombucha are such stupid, like, obvious jokes, yet they're wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Those are definitely some good choices. Those are good uh, pulls. To add to the realism the world and i think what's weird is like uh kate hudson is just playing herself in this movie uh, <laughs> is that what's going on i uh yeah I, I she seemed to be i mean it's like who who is that really i uh i don't know i i'm mostly kidding because i think i don't know if there's any like female celebrities or women celebrities that are constantly saying racist things and getting quote unquote canceled. Yeah. Coming back. Yeah. But it's, it's like a, but, it's like uh, an art. It's a soup. It's a yeah. soup of some people of like the, the celebrity, the modern uh, out of touch celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, uh, being familiar with like how Twitch and YouTube streaming is, I think that, Dave Bautista's character is like the worst in terms of like being realistic in any way. Yeah, like oh, he, just, just... he just seems very like one dimensional and yeah, that and that, yeah, that character was gun toting, men's rights, lives with yeah. his mom. It's just kind of kind of a weird, uh, weird setup that I wouldn't know a good, uh, a good parallel in the real world. Yeah, it's more like five people together for most of these people. It's like five different yeah. of the same coin, just all their bad yeah, traits. Yeah, I think the, the one thing that made me not really care for it as much as the original is that the major twists in it, there are like the reveals with uh, Janelle Monet's character, they made it feel like um, there was like less to worry about. They made it feel like, oh, like the, those twists actually just reveal more about what's going on and not as much of a more of like a mystery about what's going on. Mm -hmm. It kind of it to me. I mean, obviously it adds to the mystery, but it just felt like less of a mystery when they have those characters I, revealed I and, and that kind of stuff. It did. So it, was like, it changes the gear. Yeah, because then you're like, and then the whole time they're catching up with her character and what they went through, you're like, oh man, she died. That's really fucked up. Yeah. And well, then like halfway through so that, you're true. like, oh wait, she's not dead, obviously. She's going to be back because they're like using way too much focus on her character. And it's like, she's so much more innocent than even her sister. Yeah. So it's like really fucked up if they did. But it does her, get man. you. For a while, it yeah. does get you. And that's where uh -huh. it, that change of gear happens. Where it yeah. is like, okay, I'm no longer really 
it is still a mystery, but uh-huh. there's something kind of different going on because it almost feels like a different mystery. It's the same one, but it is like, okay, now we need to know who killed her. Yeah. So that's different than necessarily who killed that person, but they could be the same. So it yeah. feels like a movie within a movie, which I think is nice for changing the rhythm, but it definitely does uh-huh. make it so it no longer feels like you're on the same like mystery path. Yeah, because that is that is like part of the thing with um, the twist in this movie is that, like you're saying, that happens, and then you're like, well, that's true. Whoever killed her could be a completely different person unrelated to who was the original killer and, and, and all that, right? And then there's so much more to the movie, too, where, like, they're trying to figure out who's who the killer is, going through the list, and they're like, it has to be one of these guys. Oh, all of them have reasons, all of them, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And it's like, at no point are they like, what if it's all of them or multiple of them? Because it could very well be yeah. because they all have reasons and they all are clearly lying for each other in general. So that's why well, that it's would just kind of weird that Orient at Express. the end. That's Oh, why. spoilers. <laughs> Uh, I think. But yeah, no, it's like by the end of the movie, they tip you off that, oh, Edward Norton is an idiot. And the thing was, like, watching it, I'm like, yeah, he is an idiot. I know that. <laughs> but then they're like, yeah, no, that's the twist, though. And so that to me kind of was like, oh, okay. Yeah, he is an idiot. Like, okay. Right. And then it kind of it comes together like that. In so a this way, one was... yeah, I didn't see the him being an idiot as being the twist necessarily as kind of the joke, right. yeah, uh, or uh, an attempt at uh, a joke and pointing out kind of our current billionaire class, but um, <laughs> but and even that it was him, there is a sense of like, well, yeah, that does make the much sense, and it's stupid, like yeah, in the, in the same spirit that the movie is saying it's stupid. Um, yeah. But it is just a really weird way to end it um, and reveal <laughs> the mystery because well, you're like, oh, yeah, this is like the evil rich guy was evil and rich. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's kind of confusing, too, is like what I what, the one thing I didn't like is they show a scene where they're remembering something and they show it incorrectly. And then later they recall the right the real way it was presented or the real way. It oh, happened. right. Yeah. And I, I don't really like when a movie like this shows you something that's fake in a flashback mm. because you're watching it trying to be like, oh, let me solve this. And you're telling me this is true and then it's not true. Yeah. But, like th- that's that's really whatever. But the, the other thing is that um, he's they talk about how he kills the sister originally. And it's like, oh, I leave her in her garage. She dies in her sleep. They don't have blood on their hands. They don't actually kill her like face to face. Yeah. And then the shooting happens and you're like, Oh, that could be a different person because but, but when it's him, it's that like, person's <laughs> not clearly able to do that. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, it is. He is clearly able to do that. And then by the end of the movie, it's not, I'm, I just don't understand. I'm like, then why isn't he just killing all of them? He still has the gun. Like, yeah, right. He oh. clearly attempted murder once. What's the difference if he just goes on a killing spree then? Because he clearly doesn't care anymore. 
and he's so but it's like that they get you oh well he is stupid so you're like ah okay well yeah and he's just yes his stupidity is also tied to yeah that cockiness and that like i'm untouchable uh mentality that he uh that him and his ilk have yeah yeah because that's the other thing too is like at the end it's they kind of all have reasons for wanting him to be dead. So I I, I was kind of thinking like, oh, are they just all going to kill him <laughs> like together? Because like mm-hmm. they could. Someone's David Tisa's already been murdered by him. So they can, yeah. you know, but say it, that I he's trying to kill them all or whatever. It's they like, do still want him until the very end, you know, more well, than they, they want do. Him but also don't they they go through a checklist and say that all of these people have reasons for wanting him dead. Yeah. For the sake of the mystery, certainly. Yeah. 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 But yeah, because it's like, it could go both ways too, because it's like, who's to say, they're already lied for him so much that also, why aren't they just going to lie about um, Janelle Monae's character again being there and, and that she's not the one that caused all this stuff. It's like, there's just, there's just a lot of things. It just felt like messy compared to the first end the first movie right yeah i think it should have ended with them all putting uh, marshmallow hats on and setting themselves on fire would have been way cooler that yeah when she was about to throw that that stuff in the fire they all just quickly there's like a split second shot of them all somehow wearing like the the jacket already and then putting hats (laughs) on the explosion happens uh yeah jessica henwick in this uh just there yeah that's that was sad i was like oh is she gonna be like the anna de armis uh character in this or something and uh no yeah she's just there yeah it's uh i mean not she's the character is interesting and plays an interesting archetype and she's good in it but by the end you just kind of feel like what even fucking part do you play in this picture yeah yeah she she didn't really serve any purpose never seemed like a uh, suspect even really yeah yeah there was never like red herrings involving her to where you could be like oh maybe she did it because of this or this it's like no she could all of her scenes could just be kate hudson on a phone call with someone yeah (laughs) having these discussions for like a split second yeah although i guess she does play the part of like the um the lower class person and how they're treated um right there there is some good stuff involving her but yeah just like at the very end you feel like girl just walk away this you're no this isn't about you anymore (laughs) this is about this friend group yeah uh you see the post credits scene uh what was that one again (laughs) oh you gotta you have to like make up some stupid bullshit Uh, Chris Evans comes out of uh, the burning house, and uh, shit. And Anna his dick there. <laughs> his dick melts <laughs> every time. That's all I can think of. The the guy that died in the first movie, the old guy, he's actually alive. Oh man! Like he he drives the boat up and he's smoking a cigar. Yeah, crashes it on the ship and says, "Are you ready for a real mystery, Buckaroos?" <laughs> All right, any other thoughts about this movie? Uh, I, despite my criticisms of the movie, I did very much enjoy it. I just, uh, 
it's one of those movies where you it, may, it wants you to think a lot, you know. So yeah. I am thinking a lot, and then by the end of it, I'm like, oh, I thought about it too much. <laughs> yeah, but well, in a good way. In yeah, a good these way. murder mysteries are fun because like part of you will like think like, oh wait, how did this make sense? And then you have to think about it. Then you're like, oh yeah, that did make sense, or did the uh, uh-huh. no that. Oh yeah, did. actually, that's another thing. I halfway through, I was also like, oh shit, like I really hope they don't do some sort of bodies, bodies, bodies like things oh, right. since that just came out and yeah. I'm glad to know that that wasn't the case. I had a brief but... moment of thinking that too um, and I I think it died pretty quickly where I was like oh, yeah. no, that's not what you could tell that's not what's going to happen. Yeah and I feel like if that was going to happen what happened Ryan Johnson would like refilm it. Yeah. Refilm like the ending just to be like no we're not going to do it. They just did. Yeah he had to be aware of bodies 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 it being another whodunit wrongly labeled slasher by many circles self slasher so yeah that in that way yeah maybe i'm wrong uh well that is knives out the glass onion uh chris what's coming up in the next weeks yeah so uh this week we got willow coming out oh yeah on apple tv stoked or no disney plus sorry all right really stoked for that show it looks really good. And then the movie, we're going to be definitely watching Violent Night. Oh, sick, the yeah. David Harbour, Santa Claus action movie. Yeah, there's a couple uh, Santa Claus action movies coming out. One by uh, one of my favorite directors, Joe Vegas, coming out. That's also a Santa killer one. It's more of a Santa killer than it is like a hero Santa thing. But Oh, like they try to kill Santa? Uh, Santa's like a killer. Or Santa, oh, Santa is like a bad guy yeah. killer. Okay, Something like that. I could be wrong, but it's it seems like that. But yeah, so we're getting some oh. good Santa stuff. That's, they gotta do more, I mean, now there's enough, there's a Santa slasher action movies is like a genre. Yeah. But they gotta do like Easter Bunny. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like not action. far. It's not far behind. Let's go. It's got to happen. All right. Well, you can find Chris at Rebirth Project. I'm at Gio Cabello. And uh, we'll see you next week. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Bye.